welcome to the Front Porch Theology Podcast. I'm Heather, your host, and I'm here with Will. And today we have a special guest. Not new to the podcast, but still special nonetheless. I'm excited to get rid of Jeremy today. So honestly... It's good to have a break. Okay, let's introduce our guest first, and then I'm okay. going to tell you why I think Jeremy would have been the better pastor on this podcast. Oh, wow. ouch. Our special guest is Olivia Mead. Hi, Miss Olivia. Hi, Liv. Um, so... Why do you think Jeremy's better? Jeremy and I have actually talked about this topic before. That doesn't make any sense. He called better. me recently, and we had like a 20-25 minute conversation about it. I'm not sure why, but I guess he just... He just missed you. Was concerned that I was burnt out or something. Who knows? Well, he's in the building. He is. You could go get him. I can still hear him. It's okay. It's okay. like he's here, because I can hear him. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably still going to get mad at something he says or does, because I can still hear him. Well, so. He can be frustrating. So, October. We're uh, rolling into the first week of October this week. Happy Halloween and Reformation Month. And, and fall. birthday month for and birthday month for truly oh right when's happy your birthday, birthday. live on the first you already had oh. your birthday by the time nice. this yeah, comes out sorry oh, happy yeah, belated birthday belated birthday it's okay yeah so uh i've decided to do sober october again this year uh, every october is sober for me um that's good i spend my life so, sober um, you're not sober every other month why do we let you host the podcast? Listen, I've decided to give up coffee this month because... That's not sober October. That's sleepy October. No. I, for me personally, I feel like I can't make it through a day without coffee. So I haven't had coffee today. That's unfortunate. I've had five cups. <laughs> that's why. Oh, no. Okay. At the time of this podcast... Today, today is still September, so <laughs> to just set the record straight. Sorry, I've already confused Yeah, people everybody. listen to this in October. It's like, like man, the 28th. Already blew it. It's like the 28th or 29th. I've had a whole <laughs> pot of coffee already today. Um, so, yeah. So, sober October for you is no coffee. No coffee. I'm also giving up alcohol. I don't have alcohol that much. I have a glass or two of wine a yeah. week sometimes. Not Why do you give it up in October? What's that? What's that do? Is that a thing? Is, um, it, is this like a hashtag I don't know about? It is, yeah. yeah kind of. Sober Joe October. Rogan. Just like leading up to the holidays, I think, is why a lot of people get Is it like a Christian thing? No, it's not. No. I don't think. I wouldn't say um, it's part of the church calendar. <laughs> Hopefully no. it's not. So like people who thing. are who are just like people who drunk do, people. People who like to get drunk. So I think people who also. just be like, October, I'm just going to take a break. Yeah. Reset my liver. That kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's strange. I'm doing it personally just because I know alcohol um, can act as um, an increase, an increaser, yeah, for my anxiety and depression. And we're getting ready to go into the fall. Accelerant, yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, see the the preparation of the thought <laughs> lack of, no of coffee, coffee is, is already, already affecting it's me. It's already hurting you. Um, but you're all juiced up today, so you can't blame it for today. Yeah, you've got plenty of I coffee. Today. I don't think I've eaten anything either, and I've only had water. I probably. Well, I'm going to have to steer away from you in October. You're going to be cranky. I'm sweating right now like I'm going through withdrawal. Oh so it's, I'm already prepping for it. So um, anyway, sorry. Um, so our topic today um, is on apathy. Anybody want to give a definition of apathy? Just in, case, just in case somebody out there doesn't know what apathy is. I would define apathy as just not caring. Really? Yeah. Okay. You're pretty apathetic about a lot. <laughs> I feel like... Yeah. When it comes to the podcast. About come to the podcast. Yeah, you don't care. You don't think I care? You you don't care about anything that we I do. show up. That sh- that should show that I care. Barely. <laughs> Good lord. I'm okay. just giving you a hard time. 
I'm um, probably apathetic to the podcast. I put no prep so time into it. So that's why I was it. like, I felt like Jeremy would be a better person. <laughs> Jeremy does. Today. He's not apathetic. He cares a lot about the podcast. He does, doesn't he? The I podcast know, is does. Jeremy's baby for sure. I feel like Jeremy misses the podcast more than us, so I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like he talks better about feelings sometimes than you do. Why? I don't know. I think it has to do with that thing we talked about, about your feelings. <laughs> that I don't actually feel. I don't actually feel my feelings. Yeah. Because my body doesn't produce like weird responses to my emotions. Oh, okay. I don't know. So, Liv, how would you define apathy? Yeah. So, saying, I think not caring is a good way. Maybe also having like an indifference to things. Um, just the whatever shoulder shrug kind of mentality towards something, um, is what I think of when being apathetic. Okay. So we'll, uh, we're just going to kind of deep dive into the questions that I, uh, didn't send to you cause you know, you don't there care. Are questions? You don't plain care. Questions. You don't care enough about the podcast. <clears throat> oh what does What does apathy? What does uh, what, what apathy look like as a pastor or a leader of a church? Do you think pastors can experience apathy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is what I would, in uh, in redneck, call getting stuck in a rut. Like, if you're just good. kind of like on cruise control, yeah. like, I'm just, I'm going through the motions, I'm preaching my sermon every week, I've lost the, the deep sense of empathy in ministry for people. Um, I, I feel like I go through seasons of that. Like, I get in that rut, and then... Yeah, I got to have my other elders or people in the church kind of jolt me out of that because it, it's super easy to get into because you see a lot, for example, I mean, like you see a lot of, a lot of things happen to people that mm-hmm. for them, it's like a once in a lifetime thing, right? They're going through an intense moment of grief or an extremely hard time or uh, a time of even like uh, immense joy and celebration, whatever that may be. And for them, it's like a once in a lifetime thing. But as a pastor, you do that over and over and over and over again for different people. So it just feels a little bit like Groundhog's Day. Like I'm just doing the same stuff. Another wedding, another funeral, another marriage yeah. counseling, another, you know, you fill in the blank. And so another it's easy podcast. to kind of go into those big things. Yeah, another podcast recording. And so it's easy <laughs> to go into those things and just be like, all right, here we go again. And, um, but but then when I do that, I'm forgetting that this is this is immensely important for these people that I'm ministering to. And so I think that's why as a pastor it's easy to become apathetic toward our ministry. But um, it's something we have to fight against for sure. So do you think there's a difference between burnout and being apathetic? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a difference. Or like a fine lawn. Yeah, it, where it can they definitely, explore. I think, would go hand in hand. Um, pastoral burnout, I'm seeing happen a lot, especially post-COVID and the political yeah. tension and um, racial division and lots of things, you know, that are just in our culture right now. But um, I'm seeing a lot of pastors tap out because they're exhausted. That doesn't necess- necessarily mean they're apathetic and that they don't care about people or the ministry, but they're just too tired to go on. I think you can be apathetic and not be tired, though. Um, you could be, you could have plenty of energy to do ministry, but just not care. So they're both dangerous, but in, in two different ways, I think. Yeah. So Liv, um, we, uh, we had kind of talked about one of the reasons we wanted you to be gone. Um, in case you all didn't know, Olivia, um, wrote and published a book and it is out right now on Amazon and you can also reach out to her, um, to purchase a copy, um, called Ordinary Faithfulness, um, I got it right that time. 
<laughs> so, Liv, what does apathy look like? Um, just talk about it for uh, for you just personally right now. The season that you're going through right now is um, you're a stay-at-home mom right now. You're doing the side hustle with Acts 29. Um, you are Bible study leader for the women of our church. Um, you also serve um, in the kids' ministry. Um, when you're available. So kind of uh, kind of talk to our listeners, like what apathy, um, if you've ever experienced it, what it can look like for you as um, as a mom who's kind of um, in this season where you're knee deep in the weeds right now with raising your girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when I think of um, times of apathy in my life or this just posture of like not caring, um, not that I don't care deeply for things but just approaching a situation of I just I I don't have any time for it I can't when I think of those moments I think primarily for me it comes back to a loss of control so if I'm not in control of a situation or even of like my day like I might have a plan for my day and if my day doesn't go as planned then I'm prone to say like just forget it just forget that we've lost the day Um, you know, somebody's sick, so we can't go do this or, um, this didn't work out in the way that I wanted it to. I think we, we have these like big plans for our lives that we think of, but often we don't like take that same concept and think of like on a daily basis, what does that look like when this meeting or this podcast or whatever it is, like didn't go in the way that I planned. Am I prone to just saying like, you know what, I just don't care anymore. Um, For me, I am. And so for me to see that like my day didn't go the way that I had planned it out to go, um, rather than adapt to it and see like, try to seek to redeem that in a way. um, I think we're often prone to just being like, nah, forget it. When really, I think the loss of control for me is someone who relishes control. (laughs) Um, You know, like I, I want to teach my kids and discipline my kids, but something that's a hard learned lesson, I think for most parents is that we can't control our kids in the way that we might want to, because we think that, you know, we know what's best. And in a lot of ways we do. Um, But I, I don't have complete control over them because they're autonomous people. Like they're, they're tiny, but they're little people. And so I can't control every aspect of their life, but that doesn't mean that I don't care what happens to them. Um, but for me as seeing it as like a trust in the Lord, um, to be able to care for them or whatever a situation may be, if it doesn't go in the way that I wanted it to go rather than being apathetic or not caring or just saying whatever and shrugging my shoulders, but trusting the Lord to intervene. Um, in times that I, especially, you know, I know we kind of talked about the, the difference in burnout and apathy when those two things go together in times that I've been burnout, whether it's in ministry or work or um, in the home like wife and mom and all of the, all of those things um, in times of burnout I think we have a real opportunity to rest in the Lord and trust the Lord but we and I often don't seek that I just see that like yeah. oh, man I'm so tired I'm so burnt That's out right. I can't do this any anymore or any further but really like we have limitations as people for a reason um, because we are to seek the Lord. So it's a great like launching pad, I think, to lead us to greater trust in the Lord um, when we feel these things. But for me, I often don't go there. Yeah, no, I think that's true of most of us. And um, well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Um, 
maybe this was where I thought Jeremy would be better because this is more of the what he and I talked about. Um, we uh, we actually were talking about Baker um, taking time off. Um, so I Jeremy's think- a good HR manager. <laughs> he's like. So for the church staff, he's our Toby. If you if you're familiar with the office, I love it. Everybody love it. hates that makes him. Me. No. He's, he's just deplorable. No. He's a horrible we were person. Actually, uh, we were actually talking about um, the importance <laughs> of um, of Baker taking time off because um, you know we we all go through seasons. I think of burnout, and mm-hmm. Liv touched on it a while ago. She mentioned it. Um, you know, burnout in ministry is a real thing, mm-hmm. and. Um, in my experience from, uh, being in past churches, what I see is people get burnt out in ministry and then they walk away mm-hmm. from ministry and the church yeah. and they struggle after that to kind of bounce back. Yeah. Um, now that I think we could talk a lot, a lot about, um, the aspects of that, why it happens, mm-hmm. how to prevent it, um, and what you should do if that you do experience that. But I wanted you just to talk from a pastor's perspective, you know, if someone's serving in ministry, like how to prevent this. Yeah, well, I mean, we even try to guard against it just with, like, not just staff, but volunteers in our yeah. church. Like, we've had people, like, question us, like, why can't I serve more? Why can't I yeah. Why can't I do this every Sunday or every week? You know, and it's like, well, we're, we're actually trying to guard against burnout. We're trying to protect you from getting burnt out on doing the same thing so often and so frequent that, that you just begin to not care. Because I think... Um, exhaustion and fatigue in ministry does lead to the point where you begin to care less. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, and then it's, it's going to be unhealthy for you and, and all of those things. And so, yeah, I mean, that even comes down to the way that, that we operate our staff at the church, too. With We do have – Jeremy is, does oversee our HR – and um and so he does you know like uh, six month reviews with every staff member. I have to do his, so I have to do his <laughs> HR uh, review. But he does the rest of them. But um yeah, in that review, we're we're checking to make sure that you know ministry passion is still there, that we still care about what we're doing, that it's because it's not just a job; it's it's actually um, a calling, and, yeah. and and it should mean something to us. And then. Um, part of that is to make sure that, that we are getting adequate rest, that we do have a healthy rhythm of work and rest because that's what the Lord calls us to. And if we're not doing that properly, then we're not going to be able to minister and serve other people well. And so, um, so yeah, I, I will give Pastor Jeremy some credit. He's, he's good at that. And, um, he makes me use all my days, you know, my PTO days and take, take vacations and take rest and things like that. So, um, so what he's doing there is he's actually safeguarding us against becoming apathetic. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. Um, it's an accountability check. I mean, it's it a is. huge thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we all could agree that that's something that a lot of churches are not putting, um, not putting into practice. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. No, I, well, I don't need to say that. One one example. Go well, <laughs> go ahead. One example is um, I know a lot of pastors who preach not just every Sunday, but they preach um, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night every yeah. week um, until Jesus comes back. There's no end in sight, and and a lot of churches that when when they do take a sunday off or they're not there they they just have to bring in someone there's not a plurality of elders and so it, it's it's really kind of a it's a draining system for for the the guy that's leading those kinds of churches and um and so recently i was super thankful for just the way our church was set up that um that we have a plurality but also that 
that um you know our elders recognized that so we we did that series where we brought in all those older pastors and so that gave me six weeks where it's actually seven weeks where i didn't preach um and that was like a huge gift to me and i didn't i didn't see it as a gift until until after i like came back and started preaching again but like how many people like came up to me and were like man you're preaching like you just seem rejuvenated and like more passionate. It's like I care more because yeah. because it was because I rested from it yeah. for a little bit. And if you just you know do the same thing forever, you naturally I think are in our human nature begin to care less about it. Yeah, that, no, that's good. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. The one you, know, well, you were very rejuvenated. I know for that you. First I know you missed missed hearing me preach. Those, I did. That month was, and a half. I went back and started um, <laughs> on the episodes that Just for the sermons that you started from way back when. Yeah. Some of them are a little... They were a little sketchy, so I had to just skip over those because I, you know, a lot but, of them are sketchy. Yeah, um, you so, can't, you can't, you know, you can't hit home runs every time. No, it's okay. You've grown a lot in the last ten years. It, <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that's what that. I did. Like I, as the reflection of the ten years, New Hot celebrated. I went back and celebrated the ten years of your preaching, and I could really tell Gosh. you'd grown. It was good. At some point, Baker, we're gonna have to go back into like the archives. At some delete point, some, we're gonna have to those. find like the year one or two <laughs> sermons and just be like, no one should see these ever again it's like um so i work um have to do a lot of data intake so after after three years we we shred everything and (laughs) pretend like it never happened so you know it's so Liv, i wanted to talk um i want to talk to you about some rhythms and routines do you think um do you think rhythms and routines um can help set christians up believer well even non-believers i mean uh, can set um Christians up um, to avoid apathy. Yeah, and I think we've kind of touched on it with Will talking about rest. Um, I think that's a really great example. Um, you know, we call them rhythms or routine. It's also, I think we could also or seasons. Um, it's a good Christian word, season. I w- well, I was going to say spiritual disciplines. Ooh, that's yeah, a that's very good. Christian yeah. thing to call it. Um, <clears throat> But those are things that are, you know, we're not just making this up. Like, it's biblical to um, have or to at least form our lives in a way that guards against things or that orient, like, orients us back to what is our purpose. Um, for me, a big one, you know, like I've mentioned and we've kind of talked about is rest. Rest is something that is hard for me to... Um, do basically like like I don't even know how else to explain it it's because I I think that in part of that is learning like um that resting is not just taking a nap you know resting is not just taking a day off although Although naps are good naps are great every day um I read an article one time that like that like a 20 to 30 minute nap in no, the middle of the that's day. That's not a nap. Is yeah. like no 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 listen was like scientifically the best thing you could do and and intentionally make it a short nap so yeah. you're not getting into like REM sleep and I've just held on to that piece Very of knowledge. Very specifically <laughs> to 17 minutes is like 17 minutes. So sometimes I'll lay down and I set my timer for 17 minutes. That's it's no. it's a very specific scientific thing. Okay. So you all are going to have to figure out another name. That's not a nap. A nap is two hours, okay? I can't do a two-hour nap. I will i won't recover. It's okay. That's when – the two-hour nap is when you wake up and you think you missed the bus. Right. Like you think you're back in high school <laughs> again. Like, oh, crap. Old, but I yeah. missed the bus. Right. <laughs> but I actually remember something that Will said. I think it was in a sermon. Um, 
you said like you want to to live in a way that you're not living for vacation basically is what you Ooh, yeah yeah you i got saying. i stole like, that actually i, I think i stole that, it from chris Priestley. thanks chris Priestley. Yeah. shout out on the i think podcast. i gave him credit when i preached it i don't think um, you did well sorry if i didn't sorry but i attribute that's who it I, to he you. probably stole it too but that's who i originally heard it from <laughs> yeah. yeah live your life in such a way that you don't need a vacation yeah so vacation is great and time off is great mm-hmm. but to live with these like renewals in even in like a daily way um, for me, finding things like this is something that, uh, for Matt and I has been a really big learning experience for us because for him, he doesn't have really an issue with, um, like taking time to rest or to just enjoy things. And for me, I'm like, well, why would I rest when there are things that I could be doing? Like there's something that I could could do or learn or there's something to be done so I'm just gonna go 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 until I finish and then I'll be able to rest and so like early in our marriage this was a like a tense point for us because I'm like why are you just resting and he would like you know he has really taught me a lot about what it means to just like enjoy something like read a book that you like rather than just trying to learn something mm-hmm. um so I've learned a lot actually from him and just learning how to to build those kind of things into my life because I'm more oriented towards like how do I how do I grow? How do I learn this? How do I get as much done as possible? When really that is what leads to burnout and apathy as well. But um you know, I think it's not just rest, it's being aware of um you know, like how, how is my prayer life? If I'm not in constant prayer, um, you know, very, um, like focused prayer, of course, but in like this constant, um, state of, of needing the Lord, like give me my daily bread, not just give me all that you have, um, for tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, but just this practice of waking up every day. And like, I need you every hour. I need you today for my daily bread. Um, knowing that I'm very limit, I'm very limited as a person, um, leads me, I think to this, um, place of knowing that like, if I don't care about something, um, that might mean that I'm not trusting the Lord in order to, to fulfill it or to lead me through it. No, that's really good. Um, that's something that I that I've had to kind of like incorporate in my own life. Um, I have to take some time out. Um, I started doing a gratitude journal. Um, I'd read I'd read Ian Voskamp's um, Thousand Gifts. Yeah, or Thousand Things. I'm terrible. A thousand Perfect Gifts or something. I don't like that. know. I know, anyway, I know what book you're talking similar, about. Similar Thousand mm-hmm. something. It's an older one. Yeah. One thousand gifts or something. So I started doing um, this gratitude journal where daily I'm just um, taking time out in the morning. Sometimes it's after Benjamin goes to school um, to where I write down things that I'm thankful for. Um, because if I don't do that, I kind of just like it's like utter chaos. I just like spiral out of control. And there's always and it's like you said, there's always something that you can do Um one way or another mm-hmm. whether it's personal professional um around your house um and i think that kind of like me just kind of getting in the in a rhythm or routine of doing that um even like reading my bible taking time to pray like those are things that i'm trying to make um i don't want to say habit because habit sometimes can be one of those words that 
we use and abuse um but just trying to make it like an everyday rhythm and if something feels monotonous it can lead to apathy too so like Mm -hmm. like i was saying at the beginning of the episode we've talked about reading your bible before yeah 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 Yeah. right doing bible reading pastoral duties how it just feels like the same thing over and over um sometimes that monotonous repetition leads us to apathy um and so like differentiation can be huge like because sometimes i think if we think we think of rest as just like stopping everything Mm-hmm. good yeah. rest doesn't stop everything you can still do things while you're yeah. resting and sometimes it's it's yeah sometimes it is time off work and you know going fishing or going for a walk or doing something like that but sometimes it's differentiating your work if you're in a job where you can do something like that so like for me you know i've got like a lot of tasks that are different under the job title of, of pastor and so like if, if sermon prep is just feeling really monotonous and boring to me then um, actually, Olivia was using our office the other day, and I said, I'm so done studying the Bible, which is probably something the pastor shouldn't say. <laughs> but I had just been staring at, you know, I had like yeah. four sermons to work on for different events, and I was just staring at the Bible for so long. I was like, I have to do something different. So you shift gears and start shepherding and making some phone calls or text yeah. messages to people in the church, or you pray, or you spend some time reading something that's not the Bible. And differentiation can actually really help rejuvenate as well. And, mm-hmm. and you can do that even if you're not in vocational ministry, like whatever your life looks like you can differentiate and it keeps you from just feeling that monotony of life yeah that's good no i experienced that today as well with my cpr training i had to walk away from it several times <laughs> and do things cause you know um no it's good so um i i think i have one other um two, two other questions i believe and then we'll get ready to to wrap it up so um Liv, uh, what is something, do you have any Bible passages that you could think of um, that could possibly help someone or that you use in your daily, or not in your daily, when you go through these seasons? Like, is there anything that comes to mind for you scripture-wise that helps fight against apathy or in seasons of burnout? Yeah, um, something that I already mentioned, and I don't have, um, like the verse in front of me, but in the Lord's prayer, um, where Jesus prays, you know, teaching the disciples how to pray and saying, uh, give us our daily bread. That is something, especially since, um, becoming a mom that I have really tried to incorporate in just my daily thinking, because I so often want to know for sure that I'm going to have an abundance of something so an abundance of energy time that I won't have to worry about finances that I won't have to worry about x y and z fill in the blank um but really as as a follower of Jesus you know he we have him as our gift um and our promise but we're we have like in him we have an abundance of you know spiritual blessings um but we're not promised to have more than enough like in terms of yeah. on a daily basis, um, the Lord will meet us where we are and we we will have just enough. But, you know, that might mean like finances, for instance, um, trusting the Lord with our money is really hard, especially in seasons where we don't have a lot of money. Um, but in those seasons, just personally, the Lord has clearly provided, but n- maybe not in the way that like initially I would think. I want to have this cushion in our bank yeah. account to ensure that we, um, you know, can do X, Y, and Z, or even just to know that like there's you have a security. Plan, yeah. yeah. But 
really, you know, the Lord provides just enough in order to get us um, to get us through and, and to really, I think, test patience in a way. Um, so to think of asking for my daily bread over and over and over and over again, it's a practice for me to see that every single day I need to, to rely on the Lord and to trust him to provide um, because I think I and most people, it's in human nature to just be prone to forget that. Like if I had to ask one time and never again, then I would not be thankful. Um, I would probably grow apathetic towards the promises of God um, and to the things that he's called me to do. But in relying on him in all of it on a daily basis, especially in hard times, um, I'm reminded of the reason that I'm called to do what I'm doing. That's good. So, well, um, as a pastor, um, what advice do you have for anyone who uh, may be going through seasons of apathy, burnout? Yeah, I think um, I think <clears throat> I think I could give two things. Number one, you you need to remind yourself of your value in Christ, and so. Um, Remind yourself of your value in the gospel that Jesus, you know, he he died on the cross and rose from the dead for you personally. Um, so you're reminded of your value and you're too important and you love too much to to remain apathetic and just kind of chug along going through the motions. Um, the second thing is to um, look at those around you and see that God's placed them around you for a purpose. And so find your place in God's mission. Um, you were asking about scripture and my mind went to Philippians two, where, um, Paul exhorts the Philippian believers to esteem others as more important than themselves. Um, and that's the mind of Christ, he calls it. And so, um, apathy is really kind of a selfish retreat, um, into I'm only worried about myself or sometimes not worried even about myself. I'm just not worried about anything, but, um, but the gospel I think gives us value number one and then calls us to place that value on people around us as well. And so those two things and those two reminders are, are, you know, the greatest gospel reminders that, that we need to combat apathy and yeah. And then differentiate your routine to make sure that you chase after that mission. That's good. Any additional uh, advice you give to pastors or elders? No, I think it's, I mean, I think it's the same thing. Like, like the medicine for the members is the medicine for the pastors too. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need, we sin the same as, as the members of the church. We need the gospel the same as our members do. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's the same prescription. Good. All right. I'm going to close this out. Um, something that, um, a passage um, out of Philippians chapter 4 I love very much. And I have to constantly, constantly um, remind myself of this um, whenever I am struggling or feel my, feel like I'm spiral, spiraling into a burnout or um, sometimes just as, you know, apathy. Uh, also, sometimes just my anxiousness and depression, too. Um, so uh, chapter 4, verse 4 through um, 9, say, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be ma- made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any 
If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you. Thanks for listening.